0: Welcome to the Words and Pictures podcast. I'm DJ Bowman Smith and this is Words and Pictures podcast number 26. My guest this week is Joel Flanagan Graneman, a writer of fantasy, so stick around for that. At my desk this week, well I've had a very busy week doing lots of um, maintenance really. There's been lots of jobs to do like taking down the Christmas decorations and I've had a kind of week where I've booked in all those things that you should get done like visit the dentist go to the opticians and, um, I had a hospital appointment to go to as well. So my week, week's week been broken up with that. And I've been getting on with the podcast. I've done quite a few recordings, which is quite nice to get them in the bag. And I'm busy really getting those out, getting them, um, edited and, um, you know, all up ready to go on air and writing the show notes and things. But in between, I've been perversely enjoying the very bad weather we're having here in southern England. It's absolutely pouring with rain outside as I write. And the winds are 25 miles an hour. So it's really whirring around out there. And it's also very dark. And I find this kind of weather very conducive to getting some writing done. And so as soon as I've kind of done these few podcast jobs that I've earmarked for this morning... After lunch, I'm going to sit in here and actually get on with writing my work in progress. And uh, yeah, I quite often see on social media other people sitting outside in the summer with their desks that they've pulled out into the garden and they're going, oh, I'm working out in the garden today or I'm sitting in the park or I'm in a cafe and that kind of thing. And I find I really can't concentrate when I'm outside. I can do uh, things that aren't that important, like send emails and you know do admin and things like that but actually writing actually doing the creative stuff mm, I need a bit of quiet and a bit of peace and the door shut and don't disturb me I'm that kind of person really and I really do like the the kind of feeling that the the closed in feeling I think that the bad weather brings I like the sound of it there's a skylight here in my office and I I love it when it rains hard and you can hear it pitter-pattering on there and oddly when the weather is good what i listen to in my headphones is in fact um stormy weather rain sounds or the sea or something like that so it's almost like i need to kind of reproduce what i often hear in the room naturally so that's me this afternoon i hope to get a bit of writing done it's kind of the first week in january as i'm sitting here recording this and um yeah so what sort of weather do you like? Do you, do you like to be sitting out in the sun trying to get some writing done? I suppose it depends on what you write, really. I'm writing a, quite a light-hearted thing, though, at the moment. Normally I write grimdark fantasy, as you know, but if I, even when I'm writing children's stuff or this witchy thing that I'm writing at the moment, I, I still really do prefer to write on a rainy day. Maybe it's because... I feel I don't really have to do anything else except sit here, right? Which is odd because I don't do the gardening. My husband does that, I can't bear it. But yeah, even the dog, you know, I've taken her out for a walk this morning on the beach. My husband came with me and it was stormy and blowy and lovely and quite cold and very windy. But we managed to miss the rain, although it is raining now. And uh, she's sort of all peaceful, the whippets lying there fast asleep on the sofa in the other room. And uh, I kind of feel that everything's done and I can just sit here and, Quietly get on with what I want to do. Anyway, let me know across social media what's your writing preferred weather, when do you get the most done? Anyway, uh, let's get on with the interview then and uh, come and meet Joel Flanagan Granagan. I think you'll really like him. This week on the Words and Pictures podcast, my guest is Joel C. Flanagan Granaman. Now, he and I have got a couple of things in common. We both write fantasy and we've both got really annoying double-barrelled names. So um, <laughs> Joel has been writing since his childhood and he's very interested in writing um, fantasy stuff that are based on fairy tales. So you're sort of retelling some fairy tales there, Joel. T- tell me about that. Why Why that and which fairy, fairy tales are you particularly interested in? Because they're all dark, really, aren't they?
1: Yes, they are. Um my kind of inspiration came from, I as as you said, I wrote a lot when I was a kid and in college and high school. But I stopped after after I graduated because life just got in the way. And you know, a lot of a lot of writers go through that that they kind of lose their inspiration or lose lose something in themselves. And that was always a source of depression for me because you know, I that part of me, I wasn't I wasn't feeding that right part of me and but I just couldn't find find the way in my life or the way the way around it so I just kind of you know went on but in 2019 my wife and I were on vacation down in Myrtle Beach which we do every year for our anniversary and we watched the movie Maleficent.
0: Oh yes and, do you know I've I've only seen the first one.
1: Yeah and it was we had we hadn't we had owned the movie and we hadn't watched it for a while and we were going on a cruise in October and they were going to premiere the next, the second movie. So we wanted to watch the first movie. So we watched it and it was kind of what I expected it was going to be. It was pretty. It was really, really well shot, but I was really fascinated by the mother daughter relationship between Maleficent and Aurora. They were kind of going for the, very godmother sort of thing. But I was really struck with this idea that what if Aurora was Maleficent's daughter? And that, that idea just kept blooming in my mind. I went to bed and I kind of slept, half slept and half thought all night, woke up early in the morning and had my new, had this new laptop I had just gotten, which I had brought with me on vacation, which I you're, normally don't do. And I just rattled off these. It's kind of like three or four pages of just this ideas of what if Maleficent was Aurora's mother and kind of the idea. But then the idea just kept blooming and blooming. I wanted to make sure I kept that curse element that she still curses the daughter. But how does how does that come about? You know, why does she curse her own daughter? And it just kind of bloomed from there. And I just kind of took those two ideas and ran with it, and that's what became um, what, what the two books I have out now: Talia, heir to the fairy realm, and Talia uh, on the shore of the sea. And I'm working on the third book now, and th- that's that's where the inspiration came from. Now, will it be a trilogy? it's going to be will more it, will
0: it end at 3
1: no no it's going to be on. it's going to be more than a more than a trilogy i don't know how many books it's going to be but they're kind of they're kind of self-contained arcs i'm kind of looking at it cuz so the first two books yeah. are pretty much talia's story to the birth of her daughter and the curse and then at the end of the book 2 all the kind of all the care i have a lot of characters they kind of go off in all sorts of directions. There's the fairies, there's the half, half, half fairies, which we call, which I call Elonites. And there's also the, kind of the human story. And each of them are going to have sort of self-contained stories, but they're all going to intersect eventually. So I'm kind of, I'm working on the third book now, which is going to be the fairy, fairy part. And I have written kind of the exile forest, which is the half fairies. And the human story, which is Rose, who is the queen of the human realm. It's kind of, it's 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 a real puzzle, kind of a puzzle piece that I'm putting together. And I'm I've have, have these parts written, and I'm working on editing them now. And my wife is my editor, and we work together um, writing these stories. So it's 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 really a very very much a puzzle, and I'm wor- working back read, read rereading and editing what i'm do what i wrote almost a year ago now and it's kind of amazing to look at it and see, oh, this works, this doesn't. So it's
0: yeah, it's always it's good fun. to give it a bit of a gap in between, I think. Mm-hmm. I think it's interesting how you said, you know, you you went to sleep and the idea just wouldn't go away. And I always think the the ideas that you should really work on are the ones that just don't lie down, the ones that just keep bothering you. It's like it's you've it's like you've got to write it down. You know, you've got to get your new laptop out and get, get on with it. Do you feel happier now you're fine you found your writing self again? Now you you know, you've tapped into your obviously your natural creativity
1: oh yes amazingly it was um, almost an it was almost immediate because i hadn't written in a long time that i just Started writing, and I just did the did the the outline, and then just started with the first chapter. And from the moment I started that first chapter, I knew who Talia was. From the moment I found that name in the in the Sleeping Beauty mythology and all the other stories, found Talia, and I knew exactly who she was. She still surprises me and still does strange things sometimes, but she I know who she is, and I know her arc from this kind of not young woman who has a has this almost illicit love affair to has a child to has all these things bad tragedies happen and how she deals with it and how she goes from one side to the other and i don't know exactly every every turn, twist and turn in the story but i kind of know where she's going to end up and kind of the middle the middles and the ends of the story but no getting back i i did feel a whole lot better and from the almost from that, that moment i went back to work after the vacation I was like I was so amazed how much better I felt that I had suddenly that I was now releasing this this creativity in back into the world and I had not been keeping it in anymore so it was yeah amazing. And, I, and I think it
0: takes a sort takes a sort of um I think you need to have a, a leap of self-confidence in order to uh Puts your stuff out there in the world, and, so, and that's, I think I think a lot of people sometimes they hold back, and it, it doesn't matter what that creativity is. It could be flower arranging, or you could be really good at interior design, or you know, writing like us, drawing whatever whatever that thing is. But I think if you have an outlet for your for your cri- creativity, and you're brave enough to go for it and have a go, and and I think writing more than anything is is actually pretty scary because I think you put your stuff out there and people will criticize it. And sometimes that can be heartbreaking if people just don't get what you tried to do, but you have to just get out there anyway. So well done you. I think it's a good thing. Yeah. It's, um, yeah, it's, it's good to have your stuff and have a go. And on the whole, I think you do feel more whole for it.
1: That definitely is. That definitely is it. I did feel a lot more whole and it was it was kind of nerve wracking. I kind of I, I wrote all this stuff and I wrote which would would become the first two books, and I went back and edited it a little bit. And then I showed it to my wife, and because she was gonna was gonna do the editing, and because she's a lot better at grammar and syntax, some things that I'm not very I'm not as good at. So, but and I was very nervous for the first. Or the for kind of week before when she was reading the first couple chapters and said, Is it good? Is it good? And she's like, Yes, it is. (laughs) And that that it was that was a huge weight off my shoulder that, you know, this thing that I had kind of thrown together, these ideas, these characters that I had created, that somebody else liked them too. And it was it was kind it was it was really a good feeling.
0: Uh, Would you say that she's your ideal reader? Because I write everything for my husband. All my work is dedicated to my husband and he sees it first before anybody else, you know, before it goes to the editors or anything like that. He sees it first and I kind of write it and think this will tickle him. You know what I mean? (laughs) I kind of, you know, I write it and think this will make him laugh. This will make him go, ooh, you know, or whatever it is. And it's definitely, would you say your wife is your ideal reader? Do you write it for her?
1: Yes. And no, she's not, I don't think she's my ideal reader. She's not really that much of a fantasy fan. She's more of a, more of a sci-fi sci-fi fan, but I do write hoping that she'll like it, of course, and hoping that, you know, well, this little, this little twist, she'll get it. Or this little thing I've thrown in here, she'll understand it and she'll, she'll kind of follow the story and, I mean, she's both my ideal reader and but she's also someone who isn't quite into fantasy. and so if I can get her to understand the story and to follow it and to enjoy and to be and to enjoy it, I think I've kind of caught caught that other reader because she said that you know a lot of the reviews I've gotten, some of the reviews I've gotten have been said, well, I usually don't read fantasy, but this was really good so yeah. that, no, that's good yeah, yeah that was you know kind of our target audi- audience might be that you know people who don't usually read fantasy read my stuff because i, yeah. I well, focus a lot more no i'm sorry
0: no go on i focus a lot more i on focus telling. a lot
1: more on kind of dialogue and the characters telling the story through their conversations because that's kind of what interests me because i and maybe that n- not quite as strong in writing descriptions and battle scenes and fights and but it's the conversations that you know i really focus on because i've worked in retail for almost 20 25 20 27 years now and i've been around a whole lot of people and I li- listen to all kinds of different people how they talk and how they relate to each other what they say and what they don't say so i really want to really seek to bring that into my writing and how these, how the fairies and the half fairies and the humans, all they relate to each other. So it's that's that's what that's what really interests me.
0: Yeah. Well, I think I think uh, when I read myself, sometimes I do in fact skip battle scenes and things like that, or big big pages of description, because what we'd actually like as readers and any storytelling is about interaction between people, and and often the more um, personal or down to earth that interaction is. Is more interesting to us as human beings, no matter what genre you're reading, and I and I think that's what makes the connection with yourself and and the reader. Whereas I think you can write some fab, fabulous prose or a great battle scene, but when you ask people what they liked about your books, what they liked about is is the relationships, mm-hmm. is is the is the conversations people had, you know, or the humour they had, and things like that. How um, where do you think your um, fantasy sits in? in the in the kind of genre thing because there's many threads of fantasy would, would you say it was dark fantasy or grim dark fantasy or um would you say it was cozy fantasy
1: i it's it's epic fantasy that's kind of where we set it but it's all it's not it's definitely not dark well it has very dark elements but it's not dark per se uh so it's definitely not grim dark um that more that's You know it that because there's there's definitely some very adult elements. Nothing really that happens on screen. A lot of it is referred to. A lot of it is talked about, but nothing really that bad happens on screen. I mean, there's fights and there's people die, and there's some really really horrific things that happen in book two that kind that drive the story forward. So I, I it's but it's not it's not really cozy fantasy. It's we ha- we've had so much trouble trying to figure out where where the books sit. We kind of focused on young. It's not a young adult book because they're all there are adult themes, but sort of that new adult. Um,
0: new adult, yeah, that that that. that and how it, that I fits,
1: think. and also in the LGBTQ, because there's a lot of because the fairies are pretty much bi and pan in their relationships. Mm Because they pretty much believe, you know, love is love. And, you know, I'll I'll fall in love with the person, don't fall in love with the gender. And so it's, it kind of sits, it's as an indie, you kind of sit in a place that's, you're trying to find your own home. And sometimes you get, try to be put in boxes and you try to figure out what box you fit in and, but none of them quite fit. But I think epic fantasy, because I take a lot of inspiration from authors like Janie Wurst and Catherine Kurtz, there's a lot of Catherine Kurtz's influence on the magic of the fairies and how they, how they, how how they, do, how they, you know, how they create wards and create the fairy rings, which are almost the trans similar to the transfer portals that Kurtz has in her books, in her Dearney books. So I, th- I think epic fantasy is is what I'm is what I'm striving for, yeah. And,
0: Yeah, well, that's that's good. It's good to know where you are. I think Mm -hmm. as as long as you know where you are, (laughs) no matter what, if anybody else tells you where they think you are, no matter if if you've you've got a good idea where you are, you'll be fine. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, uh, What do you think um, is next for you? Do you think you'll carry on with this and 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 keep this world and carry on writing within this world and do. Break-offs within it, or do, or have you got a whole nother thing in the back of your head that's brewing? I've always got several things brewing at the back of my brain. <laughs>
1: well, I, I've got um, I've got a fairy story that we just put out in the anthology um, Tales Untold from Raven Ravens and Roses Publishing.
0: Yep, I've got this here on my screen with the, with the ship on the front. Yep, yep yes, that's it. Yep. We
1: really enjoyed that story. It's set in uh, centuries before um the events of Talia the first two books and it but it focuses on the exiled queen who is a who's a prominent figure in the mythology of the fairy realm of the fairies mm-hmm. and this is kind of the first time you meet her in person we've we've kind of interacted with her in kind of memory and in magic so far um but this 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 story is a is a it's a standalone story. It's about a soldier who takes on a debt of honor, a sellsword or a freelancer who takes on a debt of honor for a fallen, for a a dying fairy soldier, and how that changes his life, kind of from where he was into an into a new into a new place, and how he finds that debt of honor to be drives him that debt of honor drives him forward. So I'm I'm focusing on right now. I'm focusing on writing the next book, uh, editing the next book, and working on those. But there's also there, I, I I keep thinking about there's there's all these calls for for short stories, and I keep thinking about well, I could you know maybe adapt something, figure out something. So I, I I'm not sure because I always have these ideas. for the last kind of months or two, I've been kind of writing this contemporary romance about these two characters and they just wouldn't let me let go of me because i had they i had them in my head and i just kind of needed to get get their story out for out for a little bit and also to take a rest from what i had written because the rose arc was really hard for me because there was so such a character change between where she starts out as a as a woman of privilege and doesn't re- naive and really doesn't know anything anything about how the rest of the world works to where she ends up at the end of the book to where she's gone through all this and she's changed she's changed so dramatically and keeping that character arc consistent throughout throughout the reading throughout the writing was was almost exhausting to me and it took it so i just needed that break for a while and just wrote something mm. simple you know this romance about two people falling in love in there so maybe i, I don't know if i'll ever put out the, what i've written but it was just it was more for me
0: Well, i think i think it's fun i think you just write whatever, wherever the muse takes you really mm-hmm. And i think that's 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 a good thing i find for my own self whenever i start off and i think i'm just going to write something quite simple i'm not going to get into the fantasy thing blah 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 but then i don't know Stuff happens and the next minute people can do magic, set fire to themselves or <laughs> there's dragons in the cupboard. And and I can't, my imagination won't let me write what I would consider, you know, like everyday things or real things. I just can't, I can't keep my imagination in check. So I'm surprised that you've managed to write a, a romance and nobody, nobody really Mm. Oh, I, I, bet did, if you look, I, I bet if you, I bet if you look back on it, something will happen and they'll be able to. Oh no,
1: you know, I, I've, somebody's
0: got wings or something. No, no, nothing that
1: that <laughs> dramatic. But I did throw a little bit of instances of there's these two characters that appear every once in a while, and the the guy's a fantasy writer, which is kind of strange, you know. But yeah, uh, yeah. He, uh, he, uh, yeah. <laughs> where did that Where did that idea come from? <laughs> but there's these two characters who appear, and they always seem to know more than they than they should. And it's it, he, he kind of looks at it from this kind of fantasy eye that, Ooh, what if they're time travelers, or what if they're fairies, or what if they're this, or what if they're that. And then he's just, then he thinks this is the real world. They can't just be. They're just. They're just. They just. They're older, and they know. They know things, and they they can. You know, they're empathetic, and they can figure things out. So I it, I kind of play with these i these kind of ideas that you know so it's it's I I can't keep that little bit of fantasy, that little bit of wonder out of the story, because, you know, and also falling in love and, you know, developing this relationship with somebody that there's fantastical things about that, too. You make these leaps of faith with somebody there. You tell them what you feel and some that and that can be very fantastical, too. Yes, Very magical.
0: yeah, I think, yeah, exactly. there's there's magic in the everyday, mm-hmm. absolutely, yeah, yeah absolutely. Um, so I'm looking at your stuff here, and and you've got uh, your book's just out in ebook at the moment.
1: No, they're out in ebook, paperback, hardback, uh, and audio book.
0: Oh, cool! So you've done the audio. Yes. How was that for you? How did you do your audio? My wife. I think that's the next. I think that's the next big thing, really. Yes, audio. my
1: wife actually recorded both books good um, for her and good woman yes she she keeps i i i always say this she keep, i build the ship but she keeps it running she keeps yeah. the the, you know, the the lines tight and all that and she she you know works on my you know, she's done the recording of the audiobooks she does the website um she focuses on a lot of the the managerial and background things that keep that you know that keep my writing ship afloat and without her i couldn't have done any of this you know i i I, I wouldn't have really known where to start. I would have, you know, written it and then kind of like stood sort of there and looked at it and said, well, what do I do now? <laughs> so she's she's yeah. really the driving yeah. thing. And you talk about dedicating your books to your husband. And, I've you know, I dedicate up them all to my wife, to my wife, to JJ, because she's you know, without her. You know, I wouldn't be I wouldn't be doing this. I wouldn't yeah, I wouldn't but- be at the place I am now. I might be years behind. So.
0: Yeah. She's, she's sort of the wind beneath your wings. Absolutely. Yes, yes. Yeah. I think, I think it's good. Uh, my husband doesn't really get involved in, in the whole, any of the author business for my, for me. Um, but I work full time at this, so I have time to do all the other bits. Mm-hmm. Um, but he does, um, he does give me technical support. So anything that goes wrong with the computer or, you know, stuff like that, he's, he's really good. Cause that was sort of his, his work before he retired. Um, how does your working day look, Joel, Joel, when you're because um, you're working full time anyway, mm-hmm. you know, because Joel's a lot younger than me, folks. I know this isn't video. <laughs> oh, yeah. um, so you're you're working full time. So how how do you fit your writing in? Because I think it's tricky, really. I mean, I get distracted and I can do what I like, you know, so how, how the hell do you manage it? That's what I'm asking. People want to know.
1: It is very tricky. And mm-hmm. uh, I, I, you know, I get up in the morning. I, I work six to three every day, um, you know, five days a week. And I get up, you know, I go to work. And a lot of my writing, I do qu- sort of pre-writing in my head because my job is not that it's 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 demanding and it takes my con- it takes a, my concentration. But I can Some of it is also very, you know, very automatic. I, I work in um, receiving and claims at a big retailer. So I'm, I am I do a lot of shipping and returning stuff. So a lot of that is kind of is very automatic. So I'm always thinking and always kind of plotting and always kind of planning in my head about what, what you know, what I'm working on now, what I want to write about. And I'll make these. So, you know, I'll, I'll be thinking about that. And I'll sometimes, depending on how my day is going, I'll write a little bit on my lunch hour, or, you know, I'll just work on the author Twitter stuff. Then, or, and then always, when I come home, I'll always try to write for at least a couple hours. And yeah. whether that's, lately I've been, I've been, last few days I've been editing and I was writing a new first chapter to um, the book I'm working on now. I was working on that for two days, but it's always, I always try to focus on from like four to, four to four to five thirty or four to six writing and doing stuff that's off, really creative focused, because if I don't, I don't. I feel both guilty because I haven't been, because I'm neglecting myself, neglecting this job because it is another full time job that I'm doing. Yes, and, exactly.
0: That's exactly true. Yeah.
1: So and and again, I just have to have to find those moments. I when I when when these ideas first came to be back in 2019, I had to make a lot of kind of choices about how I was spending my time because I was wasting a lot of it, you know, watching TV, just mindlessly looking at, you know, looking at the internet, my email. And I had to cut a lot of that out, figuring out what TV shows I really liked to watch and others that I was just kind of watching because they were on and my wife was watching it or something like that. And I cut a lot, trying to cut a lot of that, some of that out. And also, but also not focusing on family time with my wife and having having those times together watching the tv shows that we really like to, to watch and movies that we really like to watch so it, it's it's a struggle every day and sometimes i i do it's more successful than others and sometimes it's not
0: yeah i think i think it's i think that's true and i find that myself i get uh, i get distracted by you know chores I think I should I wipe the fridge out and you know I fiddle about or I take the dog for another walk or stuff like that but you know and then you know you get down to it and some days you some days you really get on it and you you think oh gosh I've got loads done I've you know hit my word count I've done some social media I've put an advert on and I've done this and the other I've interviewed a podcast or whatever and and it's been really good and the other days really on paper they look like you could have achieved a lot and yet somehow you didn't achieve anything or I don't feel like I've achieved anything. And I think it's I think it's all about um having some self control or or disciplining yourself so that you don't waste your time. Not that anything's a waste of time. Obviously I, I I think on the one hand, sometimes you need to just clear your mind and enjoy just being with your partner and sitting on the sofa and enjoying a film because that's all part of life as well. Mm-hmm. You know, as is walking the dog or cooking the dinner or whatever. But also I think you've got to um just ask yourself every day is this a good idea should i do i need to do this now or should i be writing you know and i and i think i think you know we're all guilty of uh, the procrastination Yeah. You know? but i think it's good that you say that while you're doing other things you're thinking about the writing and i think that's really important because i think um true creatives are cr- creating all the time and i know for myself i've always got um a backstory in my head. If I'm driving the car, or I'm sitting in the, I had to sit in the hospital this morning. I had to go for a checkup, and while I'm sitting there, I, I might look. To, I'm just like sitting there, but actually, like yourself, I'm running plot lines through my head, mm-hmm. dialogue, stuff that might happen. Some you of know? the
1: Some of the best ideas I've had have come to me in the middle of work. That I, I remember where I was when I had this epiphany of about the cur about the curse. And what it meant. And I remember walking from, you know, my workstation over to the hazmat station. And I had this epiphany and like, oh, of course it's going to be that way. Of course she's going to use this manner of magic to create the curse. And it, it's, it's, it's one of those, I, I make those leaps a lot that I was thinking about this character who's pregnant right now in the book. And she's, you know, pregnant with twins. And I figured that she would have, she would have this little kind of, um, not, Side effect of being pregnant, unable to use the fairy rings, at a after a certain point of her pregnancy, and I figured it was just a little, kind of a little roadblock to throw in her way, just to make, you know, just make a little bit of drama. But I'm also thinking about the whole nature of the fairy rings because they use them to teleport across across the, the the realms and to get from one place to another. And I was thinking about the. The nature of them and how they were created, because at this point, the the modern fairies don't know how they were created. They were created by the first fairies, and it, it's it's technology, it's magic. They don't know how to use anymore. Well, they use it. They don't know how to create it anymore. And I was thinking about how that, how these rings came to be, and I had this idea, which I'm not going to spoil because it's a it's a big it's a it's a kind of a big reveal to how the rings work. And I was again. I was walking to work. I was walking across the parking lot, and it came to me that oh, wait a minute. These two things are related: her after effects of her pregnancy, and the true nature of the rings are related. And I was like, oh my god, of course, you know. And I think the best ideas they come to you, and they you say, of course, that's the that's the only way it could be. That's the way it, that's the way I've been kind of thinking about it this entire time. <laughs> so it's yeah. I, I I live yeah. for those moments of epiphany where you figure out, you know that's the way this plot should work.
0: Yeah. And do you trust your mind to uh, remember that when you get home and get it actually in front of the keyboard or have you always got a scratch pad in your back pocket? And a I've pen? always got
1: a scratch pad or I yep. make a lot of notes on my phone. I have a notes app, which I'll just jot yeah. down things or things that come, th- things I think about.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I think it's good to keep that with you. I was, like I said, I was in the, hosp- in the hospital this morning and I'm actually running a, a thing of cartoons that I, cause I do artwork as well. And, um, and as I was sort of sat there, sort of slightly bored looking thing, and then this, this idea for a cartoon just popped into my head and all I had was the the doctor's letter, you know, that you hand to the receptionist with all your hospital <laughs> numbers on, which is what you do in England. So on the back I drew this cartoon. That when I had to hand it to her, I, I folded it up and hoped she wasn't going to open it and see my sketch and my my funny writing mm-hmm. rule, I think. But, but, yeah, I think it's good too. I mean, I probably would have remembered it, but... I, I just worry that I might not and I find mm-hmm. that quite stressful so yes I've, I've usually always got a pad in my bag but for some reason this morning I went off in a tearing hurry and didn't have one so but I'm sure people thought what on earth is she doing because I kind of had it on my knee I had nothing to press on and because with the covid there's no magazines in yeah in in waiting rooms anymore so I'm sort of drawing this drawing and it was like she's a complete hunter But I had- anyway I've I've I found, I have a
1: note app and I found, find that I can do audio dictation into it. Ah, and that, that's a good and idea. that helps a lot where I'll just be, I need to get this phrase out or I need to get this little bit of, little bit of conversation out. And I can, you know, grab the phone, turn on the microphone, say it and go back to, you know, go back to doing my work or doing kind of doing two things at once.
0: Ah, you see and I think that's quite a good tip actually because mm-hmm. sometimes you need to do something really quickly you know, you've just arrived at an appointment and then you're in between and then you think, ah, hold on a minute. That's the answer to my plot or i'll I'll <laughs> you know? grab
1: a a, a a sticky note and just write something on it that you know I, I'll, yeah. I and and the lady i work I work with will sometimes look at me like, I'll cause i'll I'll stop in the middle of something, run back into the office, grab a sticky note, write on it, come back she'll like look at me like what are you doing?" <laughs>
0: Yeah, you crazy boy. Yes. Uh, well, I, it's funny because my whole computer, which you can't see here, um, is, is just all sticky notes all the way around the side. Because as I'm writing, other stuff occurs to me, and it might be not even the stuff that I'm working on here. But for some reason, my mind is like flips all over the place because mm-hmm. I think it's part of my dyslexia. And uh, so I, I write it down. I have them in colour code, so I have a, a different colour for different projects. And that kind of that sort of keeps it in track. Yeah, <laughs> but it's to- not... Not you got to figure some out
1: sort of, You got to figure out a, a but system sometimes that works do you, for you
0: do you ever look back on it though and then go i actually don't know what this was about this seemed perfectly <laughs> especially in the middle of the night you think this seemed perfectly logical when i wrote this down and did this quick sketch and, and then i look at it and think i don't know don't know what it was yes, no idea
1: sometimes sometimes you're like wait a minute what was i thinking i'm like oh it, it'll come to me or it was like wait well i'll, I'll put that aside and you know, i'll figure it out eventually <laughs>
0: Yeah, that's it. I don't throw them away, and that's the other thing. I get a bit funny, and, and then I put them in the back of this drawer, which is like a pull-out drawer on the on the computer. And then the, the whole of the back of it. About once a year, I get it all out and then look at it all again. And think, do I need any of this? Do, is, did I use it? Did I do anything? And then, and then I think at some point, it's, some of it's got to go in the bin, and you've got to just trust that you'll have more ideas, and you don't have to worry about the half ideas that yeah. you yep. sort of half remembered.
1: Yeah, it is exciting. I'd love being a writer. And I love those moments of inspiration where you where the characters will talk to you. The characters know more about themselves than you do, and they kind of they'll lead you on on down the path of where that where their story needs to go. And sometimes you have to fight against it and say, "Well, w- wait a minute, you're you're not ready for that yet because sometimes i I was reading this. Conversation between a mother and a daughter, and usually my my instinct is to for them to reconcile by the end of their argument. But I knew that they can't reconcile; that they have to continue. They have they may have they may may reach a detente. The major conflict can't be resolved yet because they still have so far to go. Those are the moments in that I love so much that make me so glad I reconnected with my creativity because I'm so in. So enthused about you know how these characters work, how Talia will deal with this next um, obstacle I throw in front of her, how Elanor uh, and Min will deal with their with their with their inner trauma from having it, from all the things that happen in Book Two. I just love it. I just re it, it makes me so happy that I can I can get these characters in and I can then I can bring them to other people and say, I love these characters. I really want you to meet these characters and I hope you like them as much as I do. And that yeah, you know, that's I, that's I think
0: that's, that's gotta come across. Yeah, absolutely.
1: And that's do, that's do you
0: do you listen to music while you write? do you do you, do you like or do you like complete silence or can you work in a cafe are you that kind of a writer I do
1: listen to music when i work when i write at work because people are loud in the break room so i need mm. something to keep out the noise yeah. but usually at home i'll you know i i won't i won't uh play music or anything like that but uh, music it, leads it to a lot of inspiration for me. I can find, you know, make plot le- plot leaps or plot ideas from songs and lyrics and just kind of sometimes just the feeling of certain music. So yeah, if I find a lot of inspiration in music.
0: Okay. Well, Joel, we're almost out of time, which is a real shame because I could, in fact, talk to you all evening. Um, but uh, where can people find you online?
1: my website is servants of the my wife and i my wife just updated it recently with all the links to the books to the to the audiobooks to the anthology so that's the best place to find me um, is on that website. You can sign up for my mailing list and get a free prequel story that talks about Talia's first heartbreak when she was a little bit younger than she is in the books. Um, I'm also on Twitter at ServantsAnd, and you can you know see my daily writing prompts. You can um, read my little silly things about raccoons, and that's you know that's another place for me. And you know I, I find a really interesting and very supportive community on Twitter, despite the changes. Uh, I I still find it very, very, very rewarding to go there every day.
0: Yeah, Yeah, I I like Twitter. I think there's a really good writer's community on there. And I've I've been on there forever as well. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's good. Well, Joel, it's been great to have you on the Words and Pictures podcast. And it's
1: great to talk to you. Thank you very much.
0: Lovely to talk to Joel and um, sharing his enthusiasm for his creativity, which really comes across. And it can only come across in your work, I think, when you're that passionate. So good for him. And uh, as usual, you'll find uh, notes about Joel and his books and where to find him and his website and all that kind of thing are on the show notes. If you haven't got show notes on the app that you're using for the podcast, um, that's fine. You can go to my website, which is djbowmansmith.com, and you can uh, find the podcast page on there. I'm sure you can do that if you want to pick up any of those links that we mentioned. So that's, that's djbowmansmith.com. OK, right. Well, next week, my guest is Halden B. Doyle. Now, Halden used to be a research scientist and his books focus on biology heavy hard science fiction. And he'll be telling us all about the, his post-industrial future where biotechnology is the foundation for a new society. And it's written for people who find Star Trek implausible and apocalyptic stories depressing. And he really was a fantastically super interesting fellow. So come along and have a listen to that. In the meantime, uh, this has been the Words and Pictures podcast and I'm DJ Bowman-Smith and uh, thank you for listening. Until next time, bye-bye.